0: This is the Memory Palace. I'm Nate DiMaio. His submarine had sunk. He had taken on three British destroyers at once, which had turned out to be at least two too many. Two of his men had been killed, the rest captured. And now, in the summer of 1943, Captain Jurgen Wottenberg was one of 1,700 Nazi prisoners of war in a camp 6,000 miles away from his home in the chilly port city of Lubeck in the Baltic Sea in the middle of the Arizona desert, wilting in the heat. Things were going great. The American radio stations were reporting about Allied defeats at the hands of the German army. And since the local radio just had to be filled with lies and Yankee propaganda, if they were reporting on these losses, clearly the war was nearly over. Also, his men were loving the volleyball. The prison camp was heavily fortified, surrounded by impossible desert terrain, and in the middle of nowhere. They were eight miles away from Phoenix, and Phoenix and nowhere were a potato-potato deal back in 1943. So it wasn't like these guys were going to escape. So when Captain Vottenberg's men asked the American guards for some shovels to carve a regulation volleyball court out of the rocks and sand, they said, sure, knock yourselves out. And so the prisoners did. So when they were serving and spiking and setting, holding round robin tournaments and carousing and cheering loudly every day, all according to Vottenberg's plan. That cheering and whooping at the volleyball court covered up the sound of the digging that had been going on underneath since they first broke ground in the court. The POWs were scraping out a tunnel inch by inch. Nearly every prisoner was in on it. Some procured light bulbs and wire to light the inside of the tunnel. Some built a cart and tracks to help haul out the dirt. Others would surreptitiously spread the dirt around the camp or add an unnoticeable shovelful onto a big pile left over from the volleyball construction. And someone stole a map. Vottenberg and other career naval navigators gathered around it and plotted out their route to freedom. They determined that the tunnel would need to be 178 feet long. It would have to run 8 feet down below the surface. Except at the fences, they would have to dig down 14 feet to get under the fences. The tunnel would empty out into a drainage ditch, which was indicated on the map by a dotted line. The sailors and submariners would build a boat and drag it through the tunnel and into the ditch, and then a small team of men would carry it to the wide blue line on the map, the Gila River, not far away. And then they'd paddle to the Colorado, and then down into Mexico, where they'd meet up with Nazi spies, who'd get them back to Germany and back to sea, in time to help finish off the Allies. They dug for five months straight, day and night. They designed and built a canoe that could be carried out in three parts and assembled when they reached the river. They gathered rations and medical supplies and fake IDs and cigarettes for the journey south. And on the night of December 23rd, they threw a party. Captain Vattenberg ordered them to make it a wild one. Under the cover of German drinking songs, teams of two and three men descended into the tunnel. They dragged themselves through the dirt and stones, pulling their collapsible canoe behind them, breathing in dust and stale air. These sailors from Northern Europe, desperate to leave this place that must have felt like hell on earth, squinted in the dark until a sliver of moonlight appeared. And then they climbed out into the ditch, free men, and slipped away into the night Following Captain Vottenberg toward the river, back to the water that would lead them back home. Vottenberg moved quickly, heading to the point on the map where the blue line was widest, to the head of the river, where the current would be swift and the waters would be easiest to navigate, and that would more than make up for any time they were losing on foot. And at dawn, as the sun rose, and they drew closer to that line in the map exhausted and eager to be out in the open water again no one certainly not captain vattenberg was thinking that the word river on a map of arizona during the dry season might mean something different than that same word on a map pretty much anywhere else in the world that morning they sat on their overturned canoe on the riverbank crying we're told with their heads in their hands the occasionally mighty gila river trickling by